You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast with host Fifi Peters. Well, let's kick off with the uh, results then that are on the show and starting off with uh, NetBank. Uh, interesting uh, movement of its share price uh, today. In fact, that share price popping higher this morning when the announcement was made that its results had come out and that NetBank would be rewarding its shareholders with a record dividend and even said that it planned to create further value for them through, amongst others, uh, other things, a share a buyback program. The stock, however, has finished lower as market pressures uh, offset the strong annual results where NetBank reported a 20% jump in, in profits for the period. We've got Mike Davis, the CFO of NetBank, on the market update uh, for more. Mike, thanks so much uh, for your time. I suppose in this environment um, where some say there is still a lot of opportunity out there and uh, some say that other factors are dimming the light on that opportunity, why are you going ahead with using some extra cash you have on your books to repurchase your shares uh, as opposed to investing in South Africa's economy right now. Yeah, so, so Phoebe, thanks very much for having me and uh, good evening to your viewers. So, I mean, if you look at Nedbank's uh, financial performance and the capital adequacy of the group with a set one ratio of 14% being an all-time high, and you look at uh, generating that profitability in the context of growing loans and advances by 7%, we are certainly not uh, effectively either capital constrained to support organic growth uh, or otherwise. So, you know, we're open for business. You'll see through our guidance, we're expecting to grow the balance sheet by similar levels to 2022 and 2023. And giving back 5 billion rands with a capital of an average capital base of 100 billion uh, certainly will not in any way constrain our ability to keep lending and keep supporting the South African economy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you uh, hoping to get a better valuation on uh, your share price in the market? Yeah, I think that through through the strong performance that we've just printed and through giving surplus capital back to shareholders, I think certainly shareholders we've spoken to are certainly pleased with the cash that we'll give back through that buyback program and again pleased with effectively the strong level of profitability. I think uh, shareholders are also very pleased with the strong dividend growth that uh, that we declared with the final dividend being declared at eight uh, eight66 so uh, certainly pleasing for shareholders in terms of in terms of the financial performance for 2022. Mm-hmm. And that's notwithstanding your uh, challenges or the headwinds that you uh, faced, not only in South Africa but elsewhere where you also operate. But let's talk about South Africa, just given the fact that uh, we did have some GDP numbers coming in, growth numbers that uh, underwhelmed. How are you experiencing the economy right now and where are you seeing the pressure points uh, come through in your business? Yeah, so if you look at 2022, I would suggest that uh, you've seen the benefit of rising interest rates positively affect endowment or endowment NII within the bank. Uh, You haven't seen those interest rates uh, yet translate into materially higher cost of risk or impairments. And you've continued to see through 2022 strong top line revenue growth reflected in both non-interest revenue and net interest income. Now, if we take that dialogue into 2023 and you look at the guidance that we've given markets through the release of this set of results, um, you know, we were certainly not expecting to deal with stage six load shedding um, or the extent of load shedding that we currently, us and our clients are currently dealing with. 
uh, and I just caught the tail end of your previous interview mm. and talking to the extremely high levels of running a business in terms of diesel costs and that sort of environment. So, you know, I would expect that the environment to certainly become tougher as a result of not only higher interest rates, higher inflation in 2023, but certainly the implications of the lack of energy certainty. And that is putting pressure on small business. It's starting to put pressure on big business. Um, and, uh, and that is likely to have an adverse impact uh, on growth expectations in 2023. Sure. It's quite interesting that you do say that uh, essentially the cost of living crisis out there um, that has seen uh, interest rates also arise just to try and bring down the cost pressures in terms of inflation. It's interesting mm-hmm. that you say that you haven't yet seen uh, consumers or many of your consumers or perhaps many of your business clients uh, not be able to make payments on their loans as a result of the interest rates having gone up. So right now we've got markets doing all kind of strange things, readjusting to uh, forecast that interest rate, uh, more more interest rate increases could be on the cards. As a bank, you're even guiding that uh, you expect uh, 50 basis points more or so in the system. So do, do, do you think that perhaps in the year ahead you could see cracks starting to show or do you expect your uh, clientele to rem- or maintain the same level of resiliency as they've shown you uh, in the uh, year prior? Yeah, so I, think, I think I'm not saying we haven't seen the effects. I think that what I'm saying is that the effects of higher interest rates typically uh, lag, they have a lagged implication in terms of credit experience. We certainly have seen at the tail end of the year an implication, particularly in books that are linked to durable interest rates, so typically prime books, your vehicle finance book, your prime uh, linked home loans portfolio. So you, you, we have started to see the impacts of the 325 basis point hikes. And then we've also seen through 2023 the high levels of inflation adversely impact on the credit experience and the unsecured lending portfolios, which typically uh, are lent to at fixed interest rates, so more more exposed to higher inflation than, than interest rates. Uh, but typically what you see is as a result of the lagged effect is typically when you reach the top of a rate cycle, you start to see uh, the implications. So in this example, into 2023, um, you know, and then there's a number of things playing out in terms of a, an impairment number. You've got what have we been doing in terms of slowing portfolios that we've been slowing? What, did, what, what, are, you, what, what are the benefits of that? Uh, what are the implications, as I've indicated, of prime peaking at, we think, 11%? How quickly do you see rates coming off? And then, of course, what do you see the implications for the corporate book or the SME market uh, in terms of the implications of, of high levels of prime and the fact that they have de-geared, held onto cash, um, and are, are therefore in reasonably good shape? So, but net-net, I think when you take higher inflation, higher levels of load shedding, higher interest rates, it is likely to, to push that cost of risk as we guard into the top half of our through-the-cycle target range. All right. And uh, pr- probably uh, just um, increase your level of caution as it does as it does come to uh, lending. Would you say that's a fair statement? Yes, I think there's also opportunities. There's big opportunities, for example, in, in lending at the top of a rate cycle because you can evaluate a client uh, and, and a client's ability to service debt um, at the top of a rate cycle 
And then we are seeing a lot of opportunity in terms of our retail clients in the form of looking for solar solutions, albeit with a low base at this stage. And we are seeing a lot of pipeline business or potential in our larger corporate sector where corporates are looking to go off-grid and looking for opportunities to fund private generation. So I think amongst this very difficult environment, it does also uh, present opportunities in certain sector segments um, to, to lend. Okay. Uh, Mike, before I let you go, the grey listing uh, announcement of South Africa's financial services industry, I mean, does this make your job any more difficult? So, so I think if we were all honest, I think we, 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 we knew we were going to get grey listed. Um, I think that uh, in terms of the review and the follow-up of the review done in 2021, uh, and then the assessment that obviously took place in Feb 2023. Um, I think, you know, on the positive side, it was positive uh, that uh, FATF did recognise the significant progress made by the Sovereign in terms of their recommendations, and I think they had about 67 of them. And then obviously they've picked up uh, eight, eight remaining areas that, uh, that we require or still have deficiencies that need to be fixed. The key now is that we have to work collectively as a sovereign, public sector, private sector, etc., on, on getting ourselves off the fat of grey list. Um, you know, the, the ambition is to do so by the end of 2024. I think that is ambitious. Uh, but uh, we've got eight items that, that, that the sovereign's got to demonstrate sustained progress against, uh, and we've got to do so as quickly as possible. If we get off the grey list reasonably quickly, I think the implications for the sovereign are manageable. If we remain on that list in in perpetuity, I think eventually international uh, counterparts or international investors will look for other areas or jurisdictions where it's just not as complicated to do business with with companies in South Africa. Yeah, big questions there. Uh, I suppose time will only tell. But Mike, thanks so much for your time this evening. Mike Davis, he is the CFO at NetBank. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.